Morning. First off, thank you, Lindsay and team, for uh, leading worship, but also I asked Lindy early on this week if she could do that song, uh, No Longer Slaves, and uh, she pulled it off really well. Thank you, Lindy. You just walked in, but I was thanking you. Um, yeah, so thank you, and what blessing we have to have such wonderful uh, worship teams here every week. Um, so, yeah. So for those of you that don't know me, my name's Chris. Uh, I attend here with my wife, Melissa, and my daughter, Abigail. Um, I work at Mediba, and so uh, Paul uh, often, well, sometimes gets me to come up and speak, uh, and so I get the privilege of doing that this morning. What's funny, though, is that Paul uh, doesn't usually give me a topic to preach on, which is good and bad. Sometimes it's good because, you know, it gives me a clean slate. Sometimes it's nice to have, you know, something right there in front of me that I can just pray over. Um, this week, I kind of wish that he did, because coming into it, I, uh, I kind of was struggling a little bit with what to preach on, and I actually started down the road of a couple different ideas and sermons, praying about it, and for whatever reason, I, I don't know, uh, it just wasn't, wasn't going well. Uh, and then I was continuing to pray and just ask God uh, what to put on, on my heart for all of you, and it just so happened that my... I guess toddler daughter now, came up running to me and uh, gave me a big hug. And uh, she was, you know, giggling and with a pure and innocent mind. And I thought to myself, uh, what, what, it, what is that joy? What is that innocence? What is that, uh, you know, attribute of a child uh, that, that Abby has? And, and why does God say uh, in the Bible that we need to become uh, his children? And what does that look like? And so that kind of put the idea on my mind and my heart, and so, um, yeah, as I spend time with my daughter and, and uh, with other children, it keeps bringing me back uh, to a child's incredible mind, and it brought me to thinking about how um, Abby's curiosity, how Abby's trust and in her innocence can teach us about how God wants that same mindset as, as adults for us. Um, God uses children to show us many things, and this morning we're going to talk about becoming a child again and what that means within our relationship with God. It's also family service, so I figured it's a great time to talk about children while the children are in the service. So um, that's uh, what we're going to be talking about this morning. Um, yeah, and so the starting point for this discussion, as is most sermons, and they should be, is, is, it, is within the Bible. And within the Gospels, Jesus, use, Jesus uses the analogy of a child in several ways. But the focal point is this. Jesus says to his disciples in a few different instances that whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Now, for a lot of, my, a lot of us, including myself, this idea seems confusing. I mean, it seems complicated and, and quite harsh. I mean, what is God saying? Like, only children can enter the kingdom of, of heaven? Why children? So this morning, we're going to be diving in to specific areas that we are asked and called to become a child again as we enter into relationship with God. As I started down the path of praying um, over this subject, studying and thinking about this sermon, I was also reminded of a song uh, that, you know, means a lot to me. And anyone that knows me even a little will know that I follow this band named Need to Breathe, um, and I've been following them for a, a long time. And uh, they have a song called Child Again, and um, I was reminded of the way in which this song actually covers a lot of what we're going to be talking about this morning. And so, um, that's kind of where the, top, the title of this came from, uh, and we'll, we're going to be looking at that a little bit down the road as well. Um, yeah, the song paints the picture of the way in which God wants our faith and our relationship with him to be like a child 
in regards to their innocence, their curiosity, and their trust. As we become a child again by entering into relationship with God, by putting away our old self, by being born again into God's kingdom, we get the opportunity to enter the kingdom of God forever. Now, let's use the Bible instead of need to breathe to talk about this. And what better ways, uh, what better words in the Bible than Jesus himself? Um, And so, uh, yeah, so we're going to get to that, but before we do, uh, let's pray. Uh, Dear God, um, Lord, I I don't know what it is, uh, but my mind's a little jumbled this morning. And so, Lord, I I pray first and foremost that you uh, just calm my mind, and Lord, let my words be your words, God. Just... uh, yeah, just allow your words to be smoke, spoken uh, in my life, but also in, in those that are listening, Lord. I pray that you prepare all of our hearts for what it is that you wanna, want us to hear, Lord, um, and that you can pre- prepare our hearts to humble ourselves and be a child again in your arms and rest in that. Amen. So how do we become a child again, and why is this so important? So we're going to look quickly at four accounts in the Gospels of Jesus saying uh, some very profound yet incredible things. First, we see in Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 to 4, uh, and Jesus says that uh, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In Mark, the Gospel of Mark, a similar account is, account is written. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of heaven like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. And a very uh, identical account is in Luke 18. Um, Instead of uh, saying children, it says, now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And then finally, there is an account in John. And this one's uh, different in that uh, Jesus is actually talking to um, a Pharisee named Nicodemus. And in John 3, verse 3, saying, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, uh, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. All four of these accounts show the way in which Jesus was adamant that in order to be in fellowship with God, in order to enter the kingdom of God, we have to be a child again. So we see that Jesus says it, but but what does all this mean? First off, I didn't want to go any farther without first uh, defining the kingdom of God. Jesus refers to the kingdom of God countless times in the Gospels, and the account in Matthew point clearly to this idea. And Pastor Paul actually did a, a sermon series, I don't know, maybe a year ago on the book of Matthew, and talked a lot about the kingdom of God, and um, there's lots of material there to check out uh, about the kingdom of God. Uh, and the idea of the kingdom of God is, is impossible to sum up in, in just a sentence. Um, there are entire seminary courses uh, on the kingdom of God. Um, but to put it in simple terms for us this morning, the kingdom of God is God's rule both in heaven, in the realms we can't see, and on earth. Through Jesus, we can enter into God's kingdom and be seen as his children from now until eternity. The kingdom of God is the very essence of God's rule both on earth and in the heavenly realms. There is a coming kingdom also when Jesus returns and will create a new heaven and a new earth and all those who believe will become a child again and be a part of God's eternal kingdom. So we get the profound opportunity to become a child again in God's kingdom. So what is being a child again all about? 
And we're going to tackle three different ways that we can be a child again. Through the grace of God and not through anything we do ourselves, we get, to, uh, we get the opportunity to enter into the kingdom of God forever. As we become a child again by entering into relationship with God, by putting away our old self, by being born again into God's kingdom, we get the opportunity to enter into the kingdom of God forever. That's the most important piece to all of this. Becoming a child again in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, we need to be born again. Born again, as Jesus says in John 3, is the idea of entering a new life through Jesus into the kingdom of God. Born again, right in the words, means putting our past, putting our sin, putting our our life apart from God aside and entering into a new life, born into the kingdom of God. As we are born again, we move forward like a child in the kingdom of God. We are a child again in God's kingdom. Becoming a child again means putting away our old self. It means fleeing from sin and accepting the fact that we are imperfect and separated from God. Becoming a child again means humbling ourselves, giving up our pride, surrendering our our lives, surrendering our rights, surrendering everything to God. Becoming a child again means allowing our mind to jump back to what it was like as a child, of discovering something new and wonderful for the first time, and allowing this new and wonderful thing to captivate our entire heart and mind and allow it to make a difference in our life. It is only through God, only through Jesus on the cross and his payment for our separation that we are able to enter into God's kingdom. God is completely holy, and the only way uh, for us to be near God is if we first become holy. The only way to become holy is for God himself to pay the price for our unholiness, and this price was through Jesus. All those who believe in this price, not through our works but by the grace of God, all those who believe, confess, and turn from their sins can enter into God's kingdom. To be clear, that's, that's the entire essence of being a child again. Jesus makes it clear that becoming a child again, entering into God's kingdom, can only be done by being born again. can only be done by giving up ourselves, handing everything over to our Father in heaven, and accepting his grace and his forgiveness for our separation and his payment for our separation. And again, it's not through anything we do on our own, but solely through God's grace. And we just have to accept this profound gift Um, of being born again and allow it to change our lives. We see this, as I said, in John 3, um, in that conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, when Jesus says, truly, truly, remember, when Jesus says, truly, truly, twice, he really better listen. I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, is what Jesus says. This is the same idea of of what Jesus says when he speaks about only the children being able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now that that is clear, we can move on this morning with three aspects of becoming a child again in God's kingdom and what that means practically for us. These three aspects parallel the idea of being born again and allows us to consider what being a child in God's kingdom is all about. First, we are born again as a child into God's kingdom by accepting the gift we do not deserve and payment of our separation from God through Jesus' death as the atonement for our sin. And then from there we can use the idea of becoming a child again as a practical application to how being born again can change our lives. I also wanted to say this morning that there's a difference as we talk about becoming a child again. Um, There's a difference between childlike faith and childish faith. Becoming a child again is God asking us to have childlike faith and also by doing that ultimately put aside and grow out of our childish, childish behavior. What childlike faith is not is immaturity. uh, Childlike does not mean childish. And there's a very clear separation between the two within Scripture. 
There are countless scriptures that explain the way in which childish behavior, or in other words, immaturity, is and can be detrimental and sinful. An example is found in 1 Corinthians 13.11. It says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. When we say become a child again, we're not saying be immature. We're not saying be easily swayed by the world. We're not saying, you know, make bad decisions because we don't know any better. Um, Emotional, easily angered, whatever, you know. Uh, Instead, we are asked to become a child again, uh, childlike in our curiosity, childlike in our trust, and childlike in our innocence. Those are the three pieces of being a child again that we're going to dive into uh, this morning. We need to be a child again through our curiosity. We need to be a child again through our trust. And we get the privilege of being a child again through our innocence. It's funny because uh, growing up, I was a pastor's kid, um, and I uh, was always used as servant illustrations. And I know, Isaac, Graham, you can relate to this. I swore I would never be that, um, and yet this morning I'm actually going to be using my daughter, Abby, quite a bit uh, for a few illustrations. She might get upset with me in 10 years, but uh, for now we're going to move forward. We, and so the first one is that we can be a child again through our curiosity. This curiosity is a continued and lasting wonder at the mystery of God. I wanted to start here because uh, as a church we're in the middle of a, a sermon series um, on uh, the book, The Knowledge of the Holy, and we're, we're taking a break as Paul's away this week. Um, and and the, the knowledge of the holy is a detailed dive into the mystery of God. In fact, within the book, very clearly it is revealed that we as humans will never know all of God. Only God can know God fully. This idea is difficult to comprehend within our minds. As we think about becoming a child again, we lean into the way in which it is okay to not know everything. The mystery of God is only revealed as God decides. Again, jumping to scripture, there are countless examples of the way in which God reveals his mysteries. There are several Old Testament examples of this. You can look at the book of Daniel, and you'll see countless ways of which God used Daniel to reveal countless mysteries of himself. We see a New Testament reference in Ephesians, when Paul says in chapter 1, verse 9, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. And Jesus also refers to this idea a few times in Matthew 13, 11, saying, and he answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. When I think of the wonder and the curiosity of a child, specifically my, uh, my daughter, Abby, it brings me into the curiosity that applies to being a child again in God's kingdom. Abby, Abby is amazed at the simplest things in her life. At small group the other week, um, Abby always uh, stays up for the first little bit, um, and uh, we're, we're all sitting in a circle, and Abby is walking around in the middle, and there's pens on, the, on our coffee table. She takes one pen off the table, and she brings it to someone. She then goes back to the table, grabs another pen, and brings it back to the same person. This goes on again and again, and she is content at the curiosity and the wonder of the pens. Not only is she content to grab the pens, curious to look at them, She's also content at feeling like she is helping or, or, or giving someone something that they want. She's, she's content going back to the same person over and over. This curiosity is, is also personified as well when Abby looks out the window and she giggles and points at the deer in our front yard, blown away by the creation in front of her. As I think about the curiosity of a child, it makes me think of the mystery of God. It's so easy sometimes to get caught up in our cruise control faith. I've known God my entire life, and there are so many instances in my life that I forget to marvel at the mystery of God. 
There are so many instances where my wonder to dive deeper into God is overshadowed by everything going on around me. I lose my curiosity of God. For us here this morning, our our curiosity of God wanes very quickly. We maybe get excited to learn something about God, but then that moment fades. We're excited to be with God in the first place, and then as the world goes on before us, we quickly resort back to our own knowledge. We quickly resort back to our own thoughts of doing things on our own, our own thoughts that that we don't need to learn more about God because we've already been there and done that. Our curiosity wanes, and we forget, or we decide to stop taking that pen and going back to God again and again. Not because God needs the pen, and not because God needs anything from us, but because every time I go back to God, I get a little something from God. God does not need us. He does not need our curiosity in order to be God. Yet there is the mystery of God that God reveals to us in his way and in his timing. What God wants is for us to go back to him again and again and again and allow our curiosity of God to shape us, to make a difference for us. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. The innocence of Abby bringing pen after pen after pen can show us that God also wants us to go back to him again and again. There are countless mysteries that Abby, and like her, every other child experienced in her life, that will slowly be revealed to her. At the same time, Abby is also content with not knowing the intrinsic attributes of the mystery, but yet still being captivated by it. We will never know all the ins and outs of God. Yet we can be content at leaning into the wonder of God, of who God is, and as we do, he will reveal to us more and more about his nature. Even look at the examples we looked at at the beginning of the children coming to Jesus. The children were curious. They, they wanted to see Jesus. They were even turned away by the, by the disciples, and Jesus jumps in and ensures that the curiosity of those children, the passion of those children to see Jesus would not be ignored. In fact, Jesus says, it is this curiosity, it is this passion that everyone needs in order to enter the kingdom. Without a curiosity in Jesus, without humbling ourselves and accepting Jesus and running to him like a child, we will not have access to God. Our only access to God is through accepting Jesus as the payment for our sin. And then because of this acceptance, we will become like children, giving up our perceived rights and allowing the curiosity and, the, and allowing the humility of that to constantly grow and change us. As soon as we forget to be curious about God, we end up getting trapped into our own pride. We end up getting trapped into our own self-understanding. If everything was revealed to us, then we no longer would need God. The root of sin is actually a part of this. If you think of Adam and Eve, they had everything. And God said one thing. He said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then Satan was able to come in, and he was able to convince them that instead of trusting God, instead of leaning into the wonder of God, they could instead become like God by eating the fruit. Instead of letting the curiosity and wonder of God be enough, they had to take matters in their own hands and disobey the one command God asked of them. God didn't say this so that something you know, could be held back. He, didn't, you know, uh, he, he did this for their protection. As soon as they ate the fruit, their knowledge of right and wrong was revealed, and they became separated from perfect harmony in God. They let their pride of wanting to be like God or have as much knowledge of God get in the way instead of trusting that they will never know everything there is to know about God and be content with that. In some ways, that's where the analogy of Abby uh, falls a bit short. Abby will one day know that bringing pen after pen to the same person is not actually accomplishing much. Her curiosity for that particular activity will dissipate. As Abby's mind increases, the intrigue of the deer outside the window will grow less. 
The excitement of bringing pen after pen to the same person will disappear. Abby's curiosity will change. What's cool about leaning into the wonder of God, leaning into the knowledge of God, continuously being curious of God, is that as we lean into one thing, as we maybe wrestle with one idea, as we study a set of scriptures, as we go back to God again and again, he will allow us to grow and become mature in our understanding of God. This maturity does not mean that we will come anywhere close to understanding all of God. A few weeks ago, Paul used the analogy of scooping water from the ocean. We can scoop uh, again and again, get bigger and bigger buckets. And though we have more knowledge, it is still but a drop in the grand scheme of the overall ocean of God's knowledge, of the knowledge of God. God is even bigger than that. Yet as we allow ourselves to have wonder like a child and allow that wonder and that curiosity to take precedence in our life, as we go back to the source of knowledge again and again, God will reveal himself to us in ways profound. As soon as we forget to go back, as soon as we let our own pride, as soon as we say to ourselves, I have enough God, I've learned enough about God, I don't need more, as soon as we let our curiosity disappear, we become less like a child and we grow distant, distant from truly being in union with God. God will always still be there. It's, it's so often us that lose that wonder and lose that curiosity and we decide to set out on our own path set out on our own path of understanding, forgetting to allow the only perfect source of knowledge to make a difference in our life. This morning, think to yourself, are you allowing the curiosity of God to make a difference in your life? Are you going back to God again and again and again, understanding that there's an infinite amount of times we can turn to God and still not come close to having him all figured out? Are you allowing your wonder, like Abby has, for bringing someone a pen over and over to capture your heart and allow it to make a difference in your mindset. As soon as we stop doing these things, the world floods in. Satan takes hold and says, you can do it yourself. You don't need God. And we stop returning to the source. Allow the curiosity of the knowledge of God like a child to take hold of of your life. As you do this, you will discover one thing and then God will open up another door of discovery and you can again turn to God. The knowledge of God is but a glimpse in a never-ending library of God's eternal and perfect being. Just like a child has incredible wonder, amazement, trust, and curiosity, so we can be challenged to look at God in a similar way. This will then impact the way we conduct our lives. After we are born again, as we become a child again into God's kingdom through Jesus, that will make us continuously curious at the wonder of God. So we've established that the very essence of becoming a child again is being born again into God's kingdom through Jesus and our belief in him. As we are born again, we are asked to continually be a child again by way of our never-ending curiosity and wonder of God. This curiosity will lead us to a deeper and deeper understanding of God, but it's never-ending, and we need to always have a curious mind like a child as we enter into a relationship with God. As we continue in our curiosity... We also become a child again through our trust and through our faith in our Father, in our Heavenly Father. Here's the thing about being a part of God's kingdom. We have a perfect, all-powerful, all-knowing, eternal Father to lean into, to run into the arms of, to give our full trust to. Again, to draw back to that sermon series of Knowledge of the Holy, as we lean into the never-ending ocean of God's nature, we discover that if we, if we give our full trust to God, he will never let us down. As we become a child again and have God as our father, we will never be let down. Let's think about this child analogy some more. As I watch Abby grow, 
As I see Abby discover the world around us, Abby has full trust in her mom and dad. Melissa and I can pick Abby up, we can throw her in the air, and she'll laugh and giggle and trust that we'll catch her. I don't think there's even a thought in her mind that she might fall. Abby also never has to worry about where food is coming from, whether she has a warm place to sleep at night. A child gets the opportunity to live while relying on their parents for all their needs, not having to worry about paying the mortgage, where the food will come from, whether there'll be a World War III. Sure, there are moments in a child's life where there may seem to be a disaster waiting. If Abby wakes up in the middle of the night and her soother has fallen on the ground and she can't get to it, yes, there's going to be a, a problem. But the carefree mind of a child is there. And the pressures of the world do not pile up the same way they do for an adult or a teenager or even an older child. Abby gets the opportunity as a child, as an infant, to have the full trust in her parents. As you and I become a child again in God's kingdom through Jesus, how much greater can our reliance be on our perfect, all-powerful, infinite God? Abby trusts me, yet in my flawed nature, I'm still going to let her down sometimes. I'm accidentally going to maybe step on her foot. Maybe I won't be there, uh, or I won't catch her quickly enough as she falls off the couch. Hopefully not. Uh, There will be times that maybe we don't have food for her, or the place she is sleeping will be cold. How much greater is our trust in God who will never let us down? Now hear me out. You're probably thinking, well, Chris, why is there war, and why is there famine, and why don't I have the money for a new furnace? If God is all-powerful, and if I trust him, how come these things aren't happening? Well, the impact of sin still has an effect on our world. Until Jesus returns and sets up that new kingdom, his new kingdom, uh, we will still deal with the consequences of a fallen world. There will still be pain, there will still be war, there will still be famine. Yet at the same time, we can lean in on God our Father and his kingdom and trust two things. First, we can trust that one day we will be in communion with God and his kingdom without pain and without sorrow and without war. We will not know when this day will come, but we can rest in this incredible knowledge as his children. Second, until the day comes when we see God's kingdom, we still have that perfect father that as we rely on him, he will provide for us. He will take care of us. We may not know how, we may not know the way in which it happens, and because of the effects of sin on the world, we will still have challenges in life. Yet, we can lean into God who already has things figured out, who already has things taken care of. Abby leans in on Melissa and I to take care of her, often not even thinking about the dangers that are before her. How much greater is it to lean in on God and trust in Him for eternity? As we lean in into God, the anxieties and pressures of the world are able to be less because God has it taken care of. Uh, we touched on this in my last sermon back in January on when I spoke on being still and know. God, the infinite, all-powerful, all-knowing creator and father, has things under control. This allows us as God's children to lean into him. As the pressures of the world mount up, as we grow weary from the effects of sin on our fallen world, as we wait on the Lord and wait on God and his kingdom, we can become a child again in the way in which we can trust and run into the Father's arms. God is always there reaching out his hand for us to grab. This trusting God and his kingdom can be summed up by Jesus himself. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. I love this passage. I'm going to read it all. It's a bit, bit big chunk, but um, Jesus explains it like this. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet their heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, into the oven we will, not much more, uh, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. All of these worries... All of these anxieties that creep into our life as adults, as, as older children, as teenagers, are no match for God. Instead, God wants us to be a child again by seeking first the kingdom of God. As we are born again into God's kingdom, as we become like children and seek first God's kingdom in our life, we no longer have to be anxious, and we can trust in the perfect Father and be his child forevermore. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the challenges of the day and forget that God's got it. I've said before, anxiety is something that I'm, uh, I struggle with a lot, and I'm working through it. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to the choir quite a bit here. Um, but as I've reflected on God's kingdom and the way in which we can uh, be his child again, it allows me to picture melting into the arms of my father, forgetting about everything around me, and simply trusting that everything is going to be okay. It might be a confusing path, we will still have to contend with the fallen world we're in, but we can melt into the Father's arms and trust that one day God's kingdom will reign and we are invited to have access to that kingdom and can let our mind become like a child's again in way of a pure trust and a freed mind. The faith of a child shows us that by giving it all to God, our mind can be freed and we can be freed to be in tune with our heavenly Father. So we can be a child again through first becoming born again into God's kingdom through and only through Jesus and his sacrifice and gift to us by God. As we become born again, as we become a child again, we are asked to continuously be curious, continuously marvel at the wonder of God, never ceasing to go back again and again and again to the ocean of the knowledge of God. As we do this, as we enter into God's family and become his children, we can rest and have trust in his perfect plan for eternity despite the sinful world we find ourselves in, with full confidence that God's got it. And in his time, we'll enter in a new creation and form his perfect kingdom on earth. The final aspect of being a child again is that we get the privilege, the privilege of being a child again through our innocence. When you think about a child, specifically an infant or or a young toddler, they have an innocence that's hard to grasp especially for our minds as we've gotten older. My final Abby illustration is the other day, I think it was actually last Sunday, uh, we got Abby dressed into a dress, and after many requests by me uh, for, Melissa to, uh, for pigtails, Melissa tied two pigtails into Abby's hair. From there, Abby walked directly into the other room where a mirror is at the ground level. Without realizing anyone is around her, Abby looks straight in the mirror, all dressed up cute and ready for church, puts a big smile on her face, and with two fingers points and giggles. This is the picture of an innocent child unfazed by the world. In our life, as time goes on, the sinful nature of the world tears us down piece by piece. 
This breaks my heart as Abby's father. I, I sadly can picture the world slowly getting to Abby. I cry as I think about Abby looking into the mirror one day and due to the lies of the world, no longer being able to point and giggle, instead feeling insecure and lonely. I picture her hearing about the despair of the sinful world, of having her heart broken. I'm also sad to know that one day she's going to make a wrong choice in her life, as we all do, due to temptation, due to the lies of the devil, and our total depravity apart from God. Those final two words are the kicker, though, apart from God. As we become born again, only through Jesus, as we are welcome to become a child again in God's arms, we have the opportunity to become innocent like an infant. Look at the account in Luke. They use that word, infant. We have the opportunity to once again be seen as innocent before God. This, op- this opportunity has nothing to do with anything we've done on our own, and it's only by God's grace through Jesus on the cross that we have this access. What is incredible is that by becoming a child again, we, we can have innocence in two ways. Innocence from the fallen world to the kingdom of God, and innocence from our mistakes, our own sins because of God. When you think about a child, an infant, they are ignorant from the world around them. I've used examples of this from Abby a few times. Sometimes we know so much of the fallen world around us. Becoming a child again in God's arms allows us to go back to our ignorance. Before the lies of the world take hold, before there's insecurities, before there's harm done to us, and before the harm we do to others, before realizing that we are sinful beings, becoming a child again allows us to run, into, run to the Father, and because of his free gift of Jesus, he can see us as innocent like a child. And through the kingdom of God, one day we can be a part of a perfect kingdom, freed from despair, freed from the destruction of sin and the separation from God as a result of sin. One day God's kingdom will usher in a new earth and we can be in perfect union with God once again. When I look at my own life, I get pulled into the countless mistakes I've made. My sin and the sin around me feels too much to bear sometimes. I try hard to do well and then I'll slip up in some way. Apart from God, my innocence is gone. But that's what being a child again is all about. All of us here this morning have the opportunity to be a child again, innocent and holy before God. That's what being born again is all about. Without this truth, there is nothing we can do to be in union with God because of his holiness. God quite literally cannot be near sin, and so without God stepping in, we cannot be in God's kingdom or near God. Yet that is where Jesus comes in. We now have access to this freedom, We have access to be children of God, to be innocent and blameless and above reproach before God. Becoming a child again gives us freedom from all the countless mistakes we do. Freedom from the countless mistakes done to us. We are freed. We are redeemed only through Jesus and only because God the Father loves us enough to give himself as an offering, to take the blame for our sinfulness as the only payment. I love that song, No Longer Slaves, that sums it up. We are no longer chained to our fear. We are no longer chained to our mistakes. We're no longer chained to our sin, chained to our past, no longer chained to our separation from God. Instead, we are children of God. We just have to say yes. We just have to confess our sin and admit that we are sinful and accept that without God, we are condemned. And then once we do this, we can cannonball into the water of God, our perfect Father's loving embrace. When I think about that, it once again brings me back to, to my daughter. God sent his son to die this brutal, brutal death that he did not deserve. God himself, through Jesus, gave his son up 
to die brutally so that people who do not deserve it, so that you and I have the opportunity to be a part of God's kingdom. When I picture this, I can't even imagine God the Father being able to do this. I picture giving up Abby to die for somebody else who does not deserve it, and there is no way I could ever do that, yet God did. All those who believe this truth can now be innocent. We can be a child again no matter our mistakes, no matter our past, no matter how broken and destitute we were before God. We could be innocent from the sins that we will even do in the future. We have an undeserved innocence before us by simply accepting the truth of Jesus, confessing our, mistake, our mistakes, and accepting God's grace. There are no words for this. We can be innocent again like an infant. We can be, um, and God wants us to be, a child again. I said at the beginning, um, I, I don't love using you know, non-scripture quotes because I believe that the Bible is the best source to turn to and the only perfect source. But at the same time, God does use things like music to show us who he is. Nothing other than God you know, and the Bible is perfect, but I did want to use the song Child Again uh, if I need to breathe, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, because uh, it sums it all, all of this up so well. Um, and I wanted to use it as we conclude this morning. All of us have the opportunity to be a child again. No matter what we've done, no matter how far away from God we've been, no matter how lukewarm our curiosity of God has gone, no matter uh, the lack of trust we have in God because of our own pride and sin and being let down by others before, we can be a child again in the arms of the only perfect Father. Jesus talks about this when his disciples ask who is the greatest in the kingdom. The disciples were pridefully trying to figure out who is the best. And Jesus comes in, pulls aside a child for an illustration, and says, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of, of heaven. In order to become a child again, we need to allow ourselves to be humble. We need to surrender our rights. We need to step back from our pride. We need to give up our independence and become dependent completely on God the Father, the same way, as a, chi- the same way a child is dependent on their parents. A child is humble A child allows their parents to show them how to do something. A child has an open mind to be taught, to be told what not to do and how to do something. A child has a curious mind to go back and learn things again and again. A curious mind to allow this learning to make a difference in their life. A child has wonder and has trust that they will be taken care of. The pressures of the world, the impacts of sin on their life have not taken a toll and they are free to be children. All of this is summed up in part by the song Child Again, but there are also many instances in the Bible of of a similar terminology. And to use one, we can look at Psalms. Psalm 131, a short psalm by David, describes a similar idea. It says, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. David describes being a child with his mother. And uh, Need to Breathe paints us a similar picture. I'm going to read some of these lyrics, and I'm not going to sing it, because nobody wants to hear that. Uh, But yeah, it says, Yeah, I know too much. I think I know my way around. Too smart to feel a heartbreak now. Too old to let my safeguards down. Where'd the wonder go? Trading magic for a measured hope. Traded dreaming for a worn-out home. Tired of being in control. In the cosmic light... In the by and by, I want to see your heart through my younger eyes. I want to hear your voice in the rain and wind. I want to know it's safe to be a child again. Finally, 
Becoming a child again means that we have the opportunity to be innocent, to be redeemed and holy through Jesus, and the belief in the fact that he already paid the price, no matter how far gone we are. The bridge in the song says this, let my past mean nothing, make it powerless. I am free like a river, I am free like a river. You're my hope, I'm broken, you're my innocence. I am free like a river, I'm a child again. All of us here have the opportunity to be a child again, to have their past mean nothing. Our hope can rest in the arms of our Heavenly Father. We can and are freed from the eternal consequences of our separation from God because of Jesus. We can be a child again. We can be born again and innocent before God. That is the gospel message. Are you allowing yourself to be a child again? Are you allowing yourself to be continuously curious to learn more about God, to always go back and scoop a little bit more from the ocean that is God's infinite being and allow it to transform your life? Are you curious to the way that God can use you, to the wonder that is God and the world around you? Are you curious to allow yourself to be humble and be used by God no matter how he will lead you? Do you trust in God as the only perfect being that will never fail us? And does that trust change the way in which you see the world? As anxieties and stress and challenges and hurts pile up, are you allowing your trust in God to be like a child in the arms of their parent without a care in the world because they know they are safe? God is far beyond even the best parent on earth, and we all have access to his safe arms. Finally, have you given your life knowing that apart from God you are nothing, and yet with God you are innocent like an infant, redeemed from your past, forgiven from your sin, and holy before God so that you can live forever in God's kingdom. If not, now is the time to surrender your heart. Now is the time to become like a child, trusting and giving your heart to God. If you've already given your heart to God, are you allowing yourself to remain humble before God? Are you allowing yourself to remain curious, to continuously trust God, and to constantly ask for forgiveness and strive to do better as you rest in the arms of your Father and let his sacrifice be enough? Is this changing your mindset, your life, your decisions? Are you a child again, born again into the kingdom of God, only through Jesus and only because of God's, pray, uh, God's grace? Give your life to God today and be freed to be a child again. Let's pray. Oh, God. Um, Lord, I, I know that you, you, uh, you're speaking to me uh, personally um, with this. And Lord, I pray that um, you can help all of us uh, to think about the ways in which you want us to be a child again. Lord, whether that's our curiosity, um, Lord, to turn to you again and again and, and not grow uh, lukewarm, not grow you know, bored of our relationship with you, but to go back to the Bible, go back to who you are and, and just allow your words to speak to us and be, uh, allow us to be curious, God. Whether that's our trust, Lord, if we... Um, you know, are struggling with trust for the world around us, are struggling with anxiety, struggling with despair, Lord. I pray that you can um, help us to, to know that we can come to you and wrap our arms around you. That's the only place we need to be. And I pray that we can give our trust fully to you as the perfect father, the only perfect father. Lord, and, and as we think about um, the mistakes we've done, Lord, I pray that, that we can turn to you um, as, the, as the source that can, that can make us innocent, Lord. I pray that we can confess those things in our life that we're, you know, struggling with, confess those sins in our life that separate us from you, God, and turn to you who can make us uh, holy, who can make us innocent like a child. 
thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus. And that we did not deserve that, but yet you did that because you love us, because you want us to be your children. Lord, I pray that we can be a child again in your arms. Amen.